I'm Avery Smith of the Rock Candy Podcast Network, and you're listening to Blessed Are the Binary Breakers, a multi-faith podcast of transgender stories. begin to explain how ridiculously happy it makes me that the guest for this April episode is named April. April and I actually recorded the conversation you're about to hear all the way back in January. And when I logged into Discord to start the call, I saw that April's Discord icon was a picture of Korra from the Legend of Korra animated series, and I immediately knew I was about to have a great time. In fact, we ended up talking for like two hours about so much amazing stuff from queer and Catholic life in Peru versus in the United States, to overcoming trauma from queer phobia, to supporting our fellow queer and LGBT folk in healing from their own traumas. But as much fun as I had, I didn't want to subject all of you to a two hour long episode, so this is only part of our conversation. You can look forward to another episode in the future that shares more of the great stuff that April shared with me. For example, she went into more detail about things like conversion therapy than what I included in today's episode. I do want to forewarn you that there are a couple brief mentions of conversion therapy here. Other content warnings for this episode are homophobia and transphobia from classmates, parents, and faith leaders, mention of a grandparent's death, and a bit of swearing. One last thing, unfortunately the audio of this episode is not perfect, so if you have some trouble hearing it, don't forget that I always include episode transcripts that take me hours to write y'all. Please appreciate the transcripts. You can read along to this episode by visiting the link in the show notes or by going to blessedarethebinarybreakers.com slash podcast. All right, let's hear from April now, right after I introduce you to another wonderful show on the Rock Candy Podcast Network. What exactly makes Beyonce the queen bee? How do we feel about Ariana Grande's use of rap vernacular? And most importantly, what's better, chamomile or spiced chai? We ponder all of this and more on Hot Tea Hot Takes, now a part of the Rock Candy Podcast Network. Our show is just two friends drinking tea and discussing music, culture, politics, and anything else that comes to mind. We cover everything from Mozart to Megan Thee Stallion. New uploads are posted weekly. Look for it wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you soon. Bye. I would love for you to just sort of, you know, name anything that you think listeners should know right away. Sure. So, um, hello, dear listener. My name is April Willow Castillo. Um, I use she, her pronouns. I am a bisexual trans Latina woman from Peru when I was about three years old. I am currently a university student studying computer science slash cybersecurity. I hold a previous degree in psychology which I plan to pursue for, for graduate school. I'm currently the president of my university's Out in STEM chapter. Um, Out in STEM is a nationwide organization that supports LGBTQ individuals um, in the STEM field. 
Um, other some other fun facts about me. I'm a martial artist. I do martial arts. I love martial arts. That's so cool. Let's see. Um, I also play D and D. Awesome. Like, you know, uh, I, have, I have other <laughs> more nerdy hobbies as well. Yeah, I love D and D. Yeah. I'm I'm actually currently planning to play a character that's based off entirely of Korra. That's just a rip off version of Korra. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um. What other what other nerdy hobbies? I have a whole library of books right next to me. I love to read. Mm-hmm. I have a beautiful black cat named Zuri. Yes. Um. She's the love of my life. Ah. Oh. Um, I also like video games. I think I'm finishing up Legend of Zelda right now. Oh, nice! You know, I want to, I want to have that gamer girl aesthetic. You know what I mean? I'm an aspiring gamer girl. Yes, uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's what I always say. Um, I'm also very proud. Um, proud Catholic. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't gone to to mass in a while because you know COVID. Right. Yeah. But I uh, there's actually um you know a, a church relatively nearby to where I stay. So every once in a while, I like to go and and, and pray and all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh, and I guess one last thing. Um, I also am a person with a learning disability, so um, I can I can also speak to that to that experience as well. Mm. Um, if anyone identifies with that, I, I know the struggle. I I know it, it's hard, but um, I always like to live by the phrase turning my disadvantages into my advantages. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. my my weaknesses are strengths. Yeah. So that's that's a, just a bunch about me right there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it's so many different places we could head to sort of start with the faith and trans aspect. One thing I was going to ask is if you've noticed sort of differences in being a Catholic in Peru versus um, in the U.S. So um, growing up throughout elementary, middle school and high school, I actually, um, my summers would actually be spent going back to Peru mm-hmm. and, and spending my time there. So I actually did spend a good amount of time um, growing up in Peru. So I think being a Catholic in Peru versus America, I think I have a unique experience because I've actually grown up in a place here in America that uh, has a strong Latin community as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, I think it's doubly unique because I, I, it's not like I grew up in a Catholic, mostly white I grew up in a Catholic, mostly Hispanic place, okay. right, versus Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Peru, I'm very proud of my Catholic um, connection because they have some unique celebrations from the from the town that my family is from that span uh, uh, a whole three-day event Ooh, uh-huh. um, that the whole town gets together. Um, yeah, we, we have, like, this huge thing about, like, um, the food that we make and we bring and we share, and there's this whole thing where if you get this one piece of food given to you or, or grabbed, then it's on you to make all of this food for the next time. Like, not <laughs> all of it, all of it, but, like, a big chunk of it. Yeah. Um, and so it's a whole community thing that people just get together, and, and it's like the whole city is just in a sort of party mood mm-hmm. where it's, like, Catholic for, like, I want to say a strong 30% of it, and then the other the rest is just, People want to have a bit of a party, and that's a yeah. good excuse for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and honestly, if churches and celebrations here in America were as lit as it was, I would probably have attended church way more often <laughs> growing up. Yes, <laughs> yes. But of course, those, those are the once-in-a-year events. Mm-hmm. And being Catholic in, in Peru, it's like in every part of your life. Mm-hmm. I grew up, I would tell my tias or, or, or my mom, oh, I have an exam coming up. I have to study for this, for, for, for this test. I'm kind of nervous, and they're like, "It's okay. Don't Don't worry. I'll pray for you. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll light a candle for you for the Virgin Mary. 
um, for for these saints because there, there's specifically a saint um, for for academics and studies, mm. um, and so that, that that saint was prayed to a lot for my sake for my family because <laughs> uh-huh. it had a bunch of my you know my 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 tias, my 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 grandma back when she was alive, and my and my mom would 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 pray to that saint uh, to help and and everything and. I'm pretty sure I passed a good few of my classes only because of their prayers. Uh-huh. Uh- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is beautiful, like, that you've got that community supporting you in that way. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and then here in America, I'm fully aware that religion has always been used as sort of like a political tool. Sure. And I know in, in, in Peru it has been too, but I think my exposure to its more political side uh, is when I grew up here in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember there was, I was part of a youth group uh, in high school. And I didn't want to go. <laughs> it, 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 I, I was uh, sort of forced into it to join it mm-hmm. by um, by my mom um, because she's like, "Oh, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna hang out. We're gonna go to this event." Mm-hmm. I got in the car and she pulls up to the, these these um, these storage units, and I'm already sussed out. I see a gym on one side. I'm like, "Oh, is she taking me to a gym? I'm not in gym clothing. I'm like, What's going on?" And then on the other side is a bunch of like young people that I kind of sort of recognized from church and from my high school. Mm-hmm. And I walk out and I see a bunch of them, you know, holding on to their, to like their crosses and, you know, the, the necklaces. I'm a bad Catholic. I forget what the rosaries. <laughs> I'm remembered. I'm a good Catholic. <laughs> rosaries and, and uh, Bibles. And they're wearing like Jesus loves you shirts and everything. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> my mom took me to the youth group. And in that time in my life, I was concerned myself to be agnostic or atheist because okay. I was been about the uh, about the press of episode. Um, my my grandmother has actually um, passed away um, a few years before that, and she was the most she was the most devout Catholic I've ever met in my life. And I became angry. I I became like, oh, this is unfair. This is unjust. Like how like if there is a God, how can He take away you know such such a such a beautiful, amazing person from this world that was so loving and so caring and meant so much to so many people right um because she really was an icon of the, of the town that she was from she sort of semi-adopted like half the town basically um and took care of a bunch of strays we have like oh, wow. family who isn't blood related at all but that's only family because because she in some way or another helped to take care of them mm-hmm. when they were in need mm-hmm. um like the whole town knew her as sort of like oh like grandma mm-hmm. like they, they they all they all called her that or like mom or whatever Oh. And so, if God, if you know, if if God can take away this person from Earth, either you know He's a terrible God, or there just is no God. And I went to this youth group, and I sat down, mm-hmm. and one of the first things they asked us is if we are wavering in our faith, and if so, why? And I told this all to them, right? Mm. And the girl responded to me saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, you know, sometimes shit happens, and that sucks. You just gotta move on." And that was the worst fucking thing she could have said to me. Yeah. That was mm. absolutely terrible. Just get over it. Yeah. And so I got so mad. I was so I just opened up to you. I don't even know your name. I just opened up to you about my grandma dying, what it meant to me and how it hurt me and my faith. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me to just like shit happen. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. And I did not I did not want to participate after that. I was like, okay, I gave us a chance. Yes. But um the only reason I think I stayed was because there's a couple people that, funny enough, I actually knew through my martial arts. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, nah, come on, man, just stay a little bit. We can chat, we can whatever. And I ended up connecting to a few of them. 
and and maybe like okay i want to go here but not 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 for god not for thing where i just i made a few connections so i felt like i want to i want to come here for those connections right right and then you know one more meeting led to one more meeting led to one more meeting um led to um what's it called that overnight stay that sort of camp out thing uh like a retreat a, a retreat um my, my first one was, was amazing um it felt truly life-changing it, it felt like it ripped me apart from from the, the long sort of depression that i was in and i described this depression in a way that like everything felt like it was black white and gray mm. like it, like i truly felt like colors were just lessened when i was in this really really bad state right mm. And I just wanted to hide away from the world and just ignore and just, you know, day by day, whatever. Yeah. But then after this retreat, I truly felt like that God's love had returned to me, that I fully embraced him, that I fully re- returned to him. And I felt all the color like immediately like, come right back to me. Mm-hmm. And my parents were so proud of me because I was one of the speakers of, of, of the thing. And they told me that when you came here, you're on your phone, you didn't want to talk to anyone. You were depressed. You were you were sarcastic and angry. Which, by the way, I'm so sarcastic all the time. That has not gone away. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it's the queer in us. We just it's it's something about being queer that just makes you like sarcastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. And but now you know we we go away for like one weekend, and we come and pick you up, and you're this completely different person. You're happy. You're advocating for the love of God. Mm. You're friends of everyone. You got all these inside jokes. You're you're hugging. You're smiling. Um, you can't stop talking about going to church and youth group and and everything. And it truly was a life changing experience. I, I truly felt like if it wasn't for that moment, mm. I might have kept on being in that depressive state. So I truly feel that God and my faith saved my life. Yeah. But then then I started questioning my sexuality. Oh boy. <laughs> I started realizing that I I wasn't. I wasn't heterosexual, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. at the time I was identifying as a bisexual man. Well, at the time I was questioning, mm-hmm. uh, but I was identifying as a man. And um, I started noticing that the church I was going to was very much anti-abortion. And that feels par for the course for a lot of, you know, American churches. Mm-hmm. And at first I didn't really mind. At, at the time it was something, it was an issue I knew people cared about, but I wasn't as politically active. So mm-hmm. I wasn't really aware, didn't really have an investment in anything. I just didn't like that it felt like some time from the connection to God's love was being used to discuss some earthly political topic. Yes. Yeah. That's when I started noticing it bit by bit. Oh, this focus on family, this focus on, you know, children obeying their parents. And I felt conflicted because, like, you know, God was disobedient when he knew something wasn't just. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and they're talking about the fear of God and how, you know, you, you like, like, why would I, why, I never got that, the fear of God, the fear of his power. Like, why would I want to fear this man who I'm supposed to love? I'm like, this is not the God that, that I imagined when, you know, I felt my spirit reawaken. Yes. And I did not feel like I was connected to some God I was supposed to fear. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, this God that they're framing to be yeah. felt so twisted and earthly that I was like, who is this God that they're talking about? And every once in a while they would have, you know, these stories and, and, and they would, I would, you know, reflect of them and I, and I would feel connected to it mm-hmm. and I would feel that love again but I just something awakened in me and I just became a bit more aware like oh I, I don't I don't know what's going on I like mm-hmm. I love I loved youth group but now every time I went to youth group I was anxious because it was like oh what if someone you know spots me identifies me or, or catches that you know I'm not completely heterosexual what they want to stay away from me and um right 
I remember going to one event with my youth group and um, talk of gay marriage and, and queer rights were coming up because at that time, it was, gay marriage was still like a, a widely debated topic. Right. And to talk about it, my youth group was, you know, very interesting. A surprising amount of them were actually very much pro mm-hmm. um, gay marriage. They were like, this isn't really our business. Like, like, you know, you can do, you do what you want. Right. But a surprisingly common opinion was, oh, we don't care if you're gay. We just think you should say it. Oh, you should huh. just, you know, tell people. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, because, we, because we should know. Like, if you're gay, like, you should tell people. Why, why would you hide it? I was like, why would we hide it? Because, because y'all would kill us. Like, y'all. <laughs> y'all. Yeah. I was so confused at that because, like, you don't just walk up to someone and say, hi, my name's Jessica. I'm straight. <laughs> like, you don't. Yeah. That's not something you just say. And so I was here questioning sexuality, thinking I was bi. I was like, do, do I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> is this the moment when I come out to you? Yeah. But that moment from that day really stuck out to me. And it was always like, why Why are straight people so like concerned about knowing, you know, who, who isn't straight? Mm. You know, like, why, why do they want that information? Mm-hmm. And, you know, time just progressed. And I went to a second, a second retreat. Um, this time it was, it was a much grander one. It was way prettier. I, I feel like I should have loved it much more. Mm-hmm. And there are certain parts that I really did, but I felt like I had transitioned from the space that I felt had saved my life, you know, had reawakened a part of me that had, that had really been depressed. And now it's like, I like, like I lost that connection. Yeah. It felt so sort of like a pattern, mm-hmm. right? Like just the routine of doing it again. And I, I didn't feel that, that awakening, that spiritual empowering love. And I got into disagreements with people. Um, I got into sort of fights with people at the retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's never a good sign. Yeah. And one one guy actually threw a cup of water in my face. Oh, my gosh. Um, for no reason. Like, he, he was just being, being annoyed because I was asking so many questions. I was talking, whatever. And then that guy later came out as gay. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. at at that retreat was actually one of the first times I came out as bi. Oh. We had we had a dorm that, shared, that was shared between, like, four guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the guys there was the guy who was poured a cup of water on me uh-huh and he came out as, as bisexual he came out as bisexual and all the guys were like whoa really so you just like you just look at guys and like damn i want that dick oh my gosh and he and he, and he was just like i mean i guess in the simplest ways that's what you wanted to that's how you want to say it um and then they're all freaking out right Ugh, yeah. and so and it's you don't be funny you don't be hilarious if I just came out as bi right now, like, like you're like it's um two against two, like they're surrounded by these bisexuals. Oh no! <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. Like, after, <laughs> after for a moment, um, one of them just like, "What does anyone else want to come out?" And I was like, "Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I'm actually also bi." Oh my god! And they're like, "You're Oof. joking. You're hilarious. Whatever, bro. Fine." And I'm like, "I'm not joking. I'm serious. I actually like guys." Mm. And then they and then they really exploded. It was it was a crazy night. Yeah. Um. But that was one of those, that was the first times that my sexuality, um, you know, clashed with my faith. Yeah. And surprisingly, they were, they were accepting, you know, they, they, they were cool. They didn't really care. Okay. They had a whole classic straight guy joke of like, oh, don't, just don't be attracted to me, bro. Yeah. I was like, it's okay. You're too short for me. <laughs> but so from then on, I actually felt a bit, a bit safer, but um, it was still all these like it was still all this, all this weirdness, you know, it just. Yeah. Even if even in that little space that I felt like I was okay, it still felt overall weird. 
Yeah. Like something was off. I get what you mean with trying to repeat past, trying to be like, oh, I went to retreats that helped me really, like I felt God there and I felt so connected to God's like community. And then after I started realizing I was queer, trying to repeat that, the connection's just not there anymore. Because all of a sudden, the people you're with, you have, like, it's so tainted by that fear of what they would do if they found out what you were. Yeah. It's hard to connect to God when you're surrounded by people that don't make you feel safe. I think that was it. I was just anxious the entire time. I was like, yeah. you know, what if I'm found out? What, what if I'm seen as, as the, the other? Mm-hmm. Will, will I still be accepted into, into this group? That's why um, I'm currently in my life. I, like, I'm, I'm looking for areas around, you know, my community that are, are religious and, you know, queer friendly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hope to one day move to somewhere that, that, that has a, a more of that. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I truly believe that God, God's love should not be tainted by the fear of earthly hatred. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. So after that retreat, um, I sort of distanced myself again. Not, not for my faith. I was so connected to my faith. I still love God. I, I like to say this myself from, from church and from organized religion. Yeah. And I went to church every once in a while, but mm-hmm. I actually started going to, um, like, what's it called? Like the chapel, the prayer, the little room. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a bad Catholic. I'm <laughs> going to be honest. I love my Catholicism. I love my faith. But if you were to quiz me, I'd probably fail. Oh, you're... <laughs> I, 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 I passed everything too. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I'm like, what's that word? I was like, yeah. I did confirmation and everything. I know how I passed. <laughs> oh, that actually reminds me. My confirmation teacher actually told me um, he he believed that the spirit of God uh, lied within me and that he wanted, like he, he sees me as a sort of like a godly leader. Huh. Like I have, I have a good, strong connection to to God and I can influence other people yeah. in, in that sort of way. And I remember I looked at him and I was like, you're crazy, my guy. <laughs> like I don't know what you're talking about. Because this entire time, I've been I've been making jokes. I remember one of the first one of the first days of class, um, he looked at me and said, "Oh, you, are you a man?" <laughs> and some part in the back of my head was alarms like, going off. Like, am I? Why is he asking me this? <laughs> I was like, That's a good ass question. Before you even knew this, <laughs> yeah, I was like, did he just? Oh my god! Did gosh. he just clock me before I even realized I was trans? Like, did he pick it up before I did? <laughs> and then and then I'll probably be like, no, that's not what's going on. Like. April, calm down. Sounds going on. Relax. And so I responded. I, I responded to him by saying, "Well, sir, nowadays with advanced science, I can be whatever I want." Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and everyone in the class just started dying of laughter. And I'm pretty sure he smirked a bit too. Uh huh. But he was also annoyed that I was like dodging the question and you know making a joke of and he's trying to be serious or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like. But you're 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 a man, right? And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a guy. But I, even then, I was like, I guess whatever. If I have to be, <laughs> honestly, like like looking like when you realize you're trans and looking back, it's like, damn, why did anyone ever think I was cis? Like, why did why is yes well, people saw me and were like, yes, this is this is a cisgender heterosexual male. Like this is, <laughs> I I would put on bow ties. I'd want to play with the girls more often than 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 the boys. Mm. Um, my parents caught me texting my friends that I want to try on skirts and dresses. Mm. Um, and they, they sent me to conversion therapy for that. And oh, it no. didn't work. Yeah. Um, so bad investment on their part. Yeah. Shockingly. That, that did not pay off mm-hmm. um, at all. 
and I just, I never got because like because looking back, I, there's all these times where like I had a teacher catch me wearing like some paint on my hair or trying on lipstick mm-hmm. or whatever. There were so many times growing up, I tried my mom's um, lipstick, and I was like, why did anyone assume I was I was I was a cisgender boy? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm completely off track. Um, I so I guess it just got dissuaded because in in Peru the the the, the or the the sense of community that I had there was the whole town got in on these events, you know, and mind you, it was a small town, but, but it, it was still like this grand sort of festivity. Right. Um, but then, then it, it going with the, you know, here in America is when I truly felt like it saved my soul, like it, like it saved my life. But at the same time, it feels politicized. And, and like you said, when you start realizing you, you're queer, when mm-hmm. you're not, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a cisgender heterosexual, it, it it starts sort of like the sort of uncomfortable sensation of like, I want to be here. I want to be surrounded by the love of God, but I feel like I'm just as surrounded by the hatred of my fellow human. Yes. Or, 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 or maybe not even hatred, just ignorance, misunderstanding. And yeah, like you're so busy. You're like throwing up these walls while you're like, you're trying to worship God, but you're, you have your whole, like your whole mind and spirit, like walled up. Like, how can you worship God when you're feeling so ready to defend yourself if you get attacked? Then, you know, um, I guess part of because that, part of because I felt like my faith here in America was so much more politicized than, than it should have been. Um, and politicized in, in, in the, in the worst kind of way too, because yeah. Um, my my grandpa actually, who's also a devout Catholic, and he used to say all the time that if Jesus was 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 alive right now, you know, walking around, he would be seen as a communist. Yes, because yes. he talked about he he would mm-hmm. in the Bible. It, it talks about you know re- relinquishing your your unnecessary wealth, um, living living with you know very little. Mm-hmm. He he would tell people relinquish all your all your earthly possessions, roam the world, mm-hmm. um, you know, live off the charity of others. I mean, like, book for book, at very least you'd be a socialist. Yeah. You know? And so for an American to, for it to be twisted somehow, like, ah, yes, capitalism, um, you have to earn everything. Right. So then I, I started just trying to learn on my own, you know, read, read, read on my own. Mm-hmm. And... Then I started learning more about the religious history of, uh, of Peru mm-hmm. and how we came to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always known about, you know, the, the Spanish conquistadors and they brought them over and everything. Yeah. But I, I grew up and I started learning more and more about um, the, 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 the religion that we used to have, right? The faith that we used to have, the different deities that we had. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, like seeing, you know, who used to pray, we used to pray to, to, to the earth, we used to pray to, to the sun, to the animals the different different spirits to different things if you look into the native religions of any country where where any sort of like um catholic or christian um colonization has come mm-hmm. they actually mix a bit of christianity w- with their um native rituals for example the, the ritual i told you about that was a three-day thing mm-hmm. that actually used to be a ritual that revolved around um i think it was the the earth god of peru mm. But now it's become a ritual to celebrate the Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. right? And why? Because the the the, the Earth Goddess of Peru was was a woman. Mm. That's called uh, Pachamama. It's literally translated to Mother Earth. Yeah. And so, who was the mother of God? Virgin Mary. Uh huh. Yeah. 
So it would translate to, okay, you want to celebrate a maternal figure. Here's this maternal figure you should be celebrating instead. Sure. Right? And okay, and I'll be honest, you might want to fact check me on that because I'm okay. doing this all based <laughs> on memory. So if there's any sort of mistake that I have, I'm not claiming to be an expert. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's like some religious PhD candidate out there listening to this, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like <laughs> April's wrong about all of this. Episode canceled. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm wrong with everything. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I've and I've definitely um heard about that that synthesis of different things for me like my sort of heritage is irish catholic and it's the same thing in ireland back in 400 ce when christians first came to ireland they did the same thing where they said oh you're Mm -hmm. you have this holiday with spirits and stuff okay well how about you make it a holiday about saints yeah so i i went through a small phase in my life where i was like i really don't want to celebrate i I don't want to have this faith Mm -hmm. if it was one that was forced onto my my ancestors and my people right yeah um mm-hmm. you know i, was, I started questioning well what if instead i started practicing you know faith towards you know these passies that they used to have right mm-hmm. and i questioned the third button but that felt that felt inauthentic i that felt like i was doing something out of spite mm-hmm. you know i was like oh i'm gonna pray to these people because they they were our indigenous native faith mm-hmm. stick it to the man screw you spaniards for forcing catholicism onto us yeah right yeah but you know, I, I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't Pachamama that you know saved my soul mm-hmm. um, when I needed to be saved. Right? I felt like it was God. Mm-hmm. And so, for uh, as bad as the history was, and as you know, colonizers uh, took away so much of, of, of our history. Um, I feel a connection to my Catholic faith, and I and I I, I feel like I am empowered and informed to to choose that for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I want to read more on on my on you know the native ancestry um, face of, of of Peru, I can do so, and I can let it inform maybe a little bit of my practice and a little bit how I see the world. Yeah. Um, but I'm 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 happy and I'm comfortable being being Catholic and practicing a Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. I've met a few queer people who who were saying like you're not really queer if you're still praying to God if you're still like. Yeah. going to church if you're still going to to whatever religious organization like like we're not welcome there so why 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 you know that's that's a straight thing to do that's straight people thing <laughs> yeah and i was like no like no like a baby no god loves you <laughs> like, mm, yeah uh, and so a lot of people w- would turn to, to spiritual practices that had very little to no history of of homophobia and I totally get that. Like, if if you want to practice something that makes you happy, go ahead. Mm-hmm. But don't don't tell me I can't practice mine. Mm-hmm. Being queer in general in Peru is pretty much just not talked about. Okay. For me growing up, for a, lo- a large part of me growing up, trying to observe any sort of queerness in Peru was like every once in a while maybe I see someone that did a bit of a gesture, a bit of like <laughs> a bit of energy that only you know only like the queers have our gaydars. We yes. kind I kind of just every once in a while felt that Mm -hmm. that was pretty much really it at some point when i was in high school i started getting into the topic of like oh gay marriage should that be allowed in peru i think currently there can be civil unions okay between uh same-sex couples um i'm not sure i don't think marriage is legal quite yet but fast forward a few years and then last year i believe when i went to peru not last year two years ago because of code and everything Mm -hmm. i went there and i was going from the airport to my cousin's house and we drove past um, a commercial for for Claro, which is like one of their phone companies. 
and they had a gay man oh and you could tell it was a gay man because he was like wearing a rainbow yeah shirt or whatever they had like a rainbow thing because i went there and it was pride month mm-hmm. and i saw a few more signs there was like same stuff couples like being used for for marketing for some products right mm-hmm. here in america seeing that is has become so common that there's that the term uh, rainbow capitalism has, has 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 been coined by people. Yes, and it's seen it's, it's seen as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But when I saw it being done in Peru, I was so happy. I was over the moon. Yeah, because never in a million years did I think that 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 queerness in any way would be used to sell any product. Yeah, right. Because it simply was just not talked about when I was growing up. Right. Maybe it was because I was a bit more of, of conservative family, but. I swear I was done. I was pretty sure that I was like the only queer person in Peru. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, at some point. Mm-hmm. But then I then I was like then I was a teenager, and I got grinder and I got grinder in Peru. <laughs> and as someone that was below the age of eighteen, having that, I should not have had that. Okay. But I saw all these guys, you know, on there. I was like, okay, I'm not the only one, mm-hmm. right? I pretty much every single guy on 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 there in Peru was DL discreet. They didn't have their face. They didn't have uh, anything. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Um, because that, yeah, people just did not want to want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I was learning the phrases like 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 in in English we have you know the whole like top bottom sub right uh, dom <laughs> switch verse all that stuff yeah yeah and then having the, those versions in Spanish threw me off because I I did not even consider that they have those words. I, I don't know why it just my queerness felt so distinctly like in America mm-hmm. that I felt like whenever anytime I came to Peru, I was like straight roll, cis roll, yeah. go like uh, like I couldn't be queer in Peru, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then a few years pass and actually meet here in America a couple of queer Peruvians oh. who told me their stories. And they also felt the same way I did, like actually, like like it was like because it wasn't really talked about, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was shameful. It was everything. I remember um, that same year where I saw that commercial for for the phone. Mm-hmm. On the plane, there was this man, he, iconic. He was a king among kings. <laughs> he was wearing, um, you know those straps people wear instead of belts? Suspenders. Suspenders. He was wearing rainbow suspenders yeah. <laughs> and a rainbow belt, rainbow shoes, rainbow hat. Yes. <laughs> and his, his carry-on had a rainbow sticker. And his luggage yes. was a full-on just rainbow ass luggage. Oh my god! Like when I tell you, this man looked like a walking unicorn. <laughs> I love this man to high heaven. Yes, I love like the like the the boldness, the pride, the bravery that it takes. Yes, yeah. I would be impressed if someone did it in America, but this man was doing it in Peru. Mm-hmm. Like los cojones that that good it had <laughs> to do that shit. Yeah, tremendo, bro. Yeah. He was like, he was daring people to fuck with me. I dare you to do something. He had that confidence, like, wow. Yeah. I wish I was at that level, you know? Yes. And then here in America, I think it feels appropriate to to talk about, I guess, my journey to discovering I was trans. Yeah. So I think since puberty, I've been having sort of experiences, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, when you realize you're trans and you look back, you've been having these sort of hints since you were a child, you know, since you were little. Mm-hmm. But... I think when I really admitted to myself that, that I needed to, to look more into it was one year when I was in college. Mm-hmm. I've been depressing a lot. I told you before that I, my parents uh, sent me to conversion therapy. 
And so that traumatic event made me suppress all of those things for a very long time. But then in, in college, I went to um, my school resources because thank God they have. My school has some like counseling and stuff and free, free for students. <laughs> and I looked up a specialist who, who specialized in uh, LGBT patients. Awesome. And I was like, perfect. This is, this is exactly who, who I need. Uh, if I can like, shout out her, Nancy Slatkin, if you're in her area, I'd suggest you go to her. <laughs> and this is by no means an over-exaggeration. This woman saved my life. Mm. Yeah. If it was not for her, I don't know who I'd be right now. I don't know if I would be here right now. I definitely would not be the person I am now going on a podcast. Yes. Talking about how trans I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, she, and she really was definition of the word a godsend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember one of her favorite memories of us. I think she told me one time after she was no longer my therapist. Uh-huh. I went up to her and I was like, so how, how do I get this out of me? How do I get, how do I get this to stop? How do I get rid of this? Yeah. Like, how many sessions am I going to have to do for me to no longer feel this way? Uh-huh. And she couldn't just tell me like, oh, that's not how it works or whatever. Because then, you know, I may no longer go or whatever. So right. yeah. she said something along the lines of like, oh, we can just discuss that later for now. I want to talk about this, this, and that. <laughs> Tremendous job. Tremendous job. And then a year and a half or so passed, I go to in-person meeting with her. Uh-huh. And I just immediately start talking about how I'm trans and how I'm so thankful that I have trans friends and I'm so happy to, to be to be April, to be who I am. And she stops and she says, and she's shocked, right? I see the look in her face and I'm like, what? What's wrong? And she's like, that's the first time I've heard you refer to yourself as April hmm. and as trans and for you to do so without lowering your voice. Hmm. Because every other time you've done that, you've lowered your voice as if to hide it. Yeah. As if to you know, whisper it. Yeah. And I didn't notice I'd had that much change in around the year. And that's because I had an amazing support group of, of, of friends. Yeah. Of a community. I'm very thankful to my university for having such a strong, amazing community that's just so supportive of their queer students, of the, of the queer faculty and staff. Yeah. And yeah, I'm just, I remember I went to Peru, I think sometime before that. So I was a bit more vocal about queer rights and by vocal i mean more like hey don't say the m slur right yes yeah uh, we don't call that we don't we don't call people that mm-hmm. and and my cousin once said oh if i was a guy i would totally want to date billy eilish and i told her like you could be a girl yeah and still date yes. Billie eilish. you understand that right yes yeah so it's almost like slowly but surely you're growing into someone with the confidence of that person you saw on the plane with the with the rainbow suspenders. You're becoming someone who is willing to speak up, someone who is so proud and joyful of who you are. I really love that for you, and I'm just so grateful for the chance to talk to you today. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Friends, if you got as much as I did out of this conversation with April, remember to keep an eye out for another episode with more from her in the next month or so. And if you want to support this podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes or tell a friend about it or post about it on social media if it's safe for you to do so. 
And if you are trans yourself, or otherwise not cisgender, and you're interested in coming on the podcast to talk about faith and gender, reach out to me at queerlychristian36 at gmail.com. I would especially love to hear from some more non-Christians, because we've had a long string of Christian folk lately, which is fine, but let's spice it up a little. You are also welcome to reach out just to chat or to share your feedback. I always get excited when people drop by my email or on social media to say hi. That's it for this month. I'll see you all in May. In the meantime, please keep safe, go break some binaries, and be a blessing to the world with your life.